Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. In five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, is the CEO of Village Enterprise. Please a warm welcome to Miss Diane Calvi. Diane, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, now, Dan, you're out all the way in Italy today. I really want to go. Been thinking about Italy for a long time. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Italy. We're here to talk about the impact that Village Enterprise is having in the world. And before we kind of get to the outcome, I really want to start with the input, uh, the intent of Village Enterprise. So thinking back to the original intention of Village Enterprise, what was its purpose? So Village Enterprise's purpose has always been to end extreme poverty. And we're focused on rural Africa, where um, the problem of extreme poverty is most acute. Um, today in the world, uh, there are um, a half, a half a billion people living in extreme poverty in Africa. And that problem has gotten worse recently because of climate change, uh, the pandemic, uh, conflict and displacement, uh, and Village Enterprise has always had an approach uh, that has entrepreneurship at the focus. We believe that people are in extreme poverty because of lack of opportunity, lack of resources, and so Village Enterprise equips people with all the resources they need uh, to start 
income generating businesses and participate in savings groups. Um, so we're really breaking the cycle of poverty. We're providing people with the ability uh, to take care of their families um, and uh, lift themselves out of poverty. And so why, why the model now in terms of uh, this, this uh, organization, you're equipping entrepreneurs, providing them an opportunity to, to you know, grow themselves. Um, but tell me a little bit more about the model that Village Enterprise selected and maybe how it's changed over years to reach the scale that you want to have. Yeah, so when Village Enterprise started, it was all about giving uh, people a small amount of money um, and uh, mentoring by a local business mentor. So someone from the local community uh, that spoke the local languages, understood the context and the culture, um, and could really provide uh, the first-time entrepreneurs uh, with the confidence and the, and the skills to be successful entrepreneurs. Uh, but what we learned over time was that they needed more than just casual mentoring, that they actually needed training. Um, because we work with people that have never run a business before. Imagine if you've never run a business before and all of a sudden you get some money, um, you need some training. So we essentially created like a, a mini MBA for first time entrepreneurs in rural Africa. Um, and the local business mentors that were providing uh, the mentoring uh, became trainers as well as mentors. And uh, we also added components like our savings group because we realized that for our entrepreneurs to be successful in the long term, uh, they also needed to save money and they needed a place um, when Village Enterprise exits after one year uh, to keep their money safe and, and to get access to markets and, and more formal financial services. Um, and so over the years, Village Enterprises added these components, the more extensive training, uh, the savings group component. Uh, but we always have been about using entrepreneurship as the vehicle uh, for lifting people out of extreme poverty. And Diane, since you've been at the helm, I remember asking you in our pre-interview, you've experienced significant growth in the organization. Like looking back in your experience, like what would you say are some of those top factors that have really contributed to this success, contributed to this increase in growth? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing is we've built an amazingly strong team of passionate individuals um, who are really committed to our mission of ending extreme poverty through entrepreneurship, innovation, and collective action. And everyone on our team is, um, for the most part, recruited from the local communities that we work in. And many of them uh, grew up in extreme poverty themselves, um, so they can identify with the people in our program. Um, and they also can really understand what the participants in our program need to be successful. Uh, so over 98% of our staff are African. Um, and our African staff is really, I think, what drives our growth. Um, a couple of other things that Village Enterprise did that I think um, differentiates Village Enterprise from some other organizations is we really focused on building evidence for our impact. Um, so back in 2012, when we were just a little organization with a million dollar budget, uh, we decided to do what's called a randomized control trial of our program. 
And what that entails is having an independent evaluation firm come in um, and evaluate the program, not just based on the program itself, but against a control group. So uh, a group of individuals that don't receive the program that are very similar to the group receiving the program. And this has become sort of the gold standard of evaluations um, because it's the only way you can really attribute the impact of your program. Um, and in order to do that, we had to scale up from about 15 individuals to over 100 individuals in just one year. Um, and the positive impact data that we received from that RCT uh, gave us the evidence we needed to receive funding um, at a large scale. And in order to really impact a lot of people, uh, you need to have funding in our, in our nonprofit world. Um, and so that really helped uh, us in our fundraising efforts. Uh, the second thing we did is focus on innovation and technology as a way to drive scale. And so Village Enterprise invested really early on in digital technology as a way to drive our scale. Um, so very early on, we um, included digital technology in the monitoring and evaluation of our program. We gave our business mentors tablets so that they would have uh, digital resources to both monitor their own performance, the performance of the businesses that they were working with, um, but also to provide uh, training information and, and digital information to our entrepreneurs. And most recently, we've actually given the entrepreneurs themselves digital tools. And so we're now, for example, providing a digital bookkeeping app, uh, application to the savings group. So they have a smartphone um, and they're able to actually keep track of their savings uh, digitally, which if you think about where we're working in these very rural areas of Africa, it really is transformative um, that they're able to, to get access to information and to keep their records um, uh, on a digital platform. And so these are, I think, three of the key things, um, you know, people, uh, evidence of impact and a focus on impact. And then the third is innovation and, and, and driving in innovation in the programming. And let's lean into the evidence of impact a little bit more, Diane, just for like our viewers, even for myself, I'm just curious, like how, how does one in your organization define impact? I'm hearing a little bit about hey, this is really a transformative work. This is something that may not be there otherwise, but how does one even measure impact in your arena and, and how is it used, I guess, to increase your funding? Yeah, so the what we're trying to look at is what income and savings do our participants generate um, as the result of the program? And so what we're helping them do is start businesses. And if they're successful, they're going to generate income, which translates into a better standard of, of living for their families. Um, so we're measuring um, a few things. One, we're measuring how much they're consuming as a proxy for income. So if they're buying more food, if they're buying clothing for their families, if they're um, improving their home, all of those um, products that they're able to consume are the result of the income of their business. We're also measuring their increases in savings. Um, so if, if their businesses are successful, they're able to save more money. And if they're able to save more money, 
Um, they're able to do things like send their children to school um, because they need to pay school fees. So they need to save up for those school fees. Um, the third thing we're looking at is increases in food consumption and nutrition. Um, in many of the areas that we work with, um, over 80% of the children are malnourished. Um, and when I'm talking about malnourished, I'm talking about severely malnourished. Um, they oftentimes will only have one meal a day um, before our program. Um, and after our program, in many cases, they're having two to three meals a day. And so significant increases in nutrition. Um, so we measure that. Um, and we also look at things like children in school, how many children are in school, because what we're all about is trying to break the cycle of poverty. We want to see um, that households have income and savings to really improve the standard of living of their families. Another interesting thing that we measured with our randomized control trial was people's mental health and well-being. Um, what I like to say is we're not just helping people start businesses, we're also bringing hope to these families. Um, if you're a mother or a father and you can't provide for your children, um, you don't have a whole lot of hope for the future. You don't have that sense of uh, ability to really make a difference in your children's lives. And with this kind of program, um, people's mental health improves, their feeling of just how good they feel about their life improves. And so that is really what I think is exciting because you can't take that away from someone. When someone feels more confident about the future and feels more hopeful for the future, even if that business were to fail, they're going to try again and they're going to be successful. And we've seen that time and time again. Not every business is going to be successful the first time. Like as we all know, entrepreneurs are not always successful, um, but we teach them to diversify. We teach them the skills and, the, and we give them the resources so that they can be successful long term. And that gives them a lot of confidence and hope. It seems like a big part of this is collaboration with you, with the, um, the, the business mentors, with the, just the, the community itself. As they say, it takes a village, right? Um, how important is collaboration uh, for the growth of your organization? And how do you foster an environment of collaboration? So I think it starts first with values and our North Star value um, at Village Enterprise is Ubuntu. And many of your listeners might think of Ubuntu as an operating system, um, but it's actually a South African um, word. And it really is all about um, how we're all intertwined and we all have a common humanity that we, um, need to value and, and work towards. And at Village Enterprise, that's our North Star value. Um, and so we take that really seriously, both um, in terms of collaboration as an organization. Um, so our team, we like to say there's the African proverb, if you want to go far, go together. And so um, Village Enterprise wants to go far, we wanna end extreme poverty. Um, so in order to end extreme poverty, we need to go together with our colleagues um, we need to go together with our partners. Village Enterprise has a long history of building very long-standing partnerships. Many of our partners have been our partners for up to 10, 12 years. Um, and those partnerships 
drive our success as well. And they drive our success in raising funding. They drive our success in increasing our impact. Um, and they drive our success in our ability to reach more people. And that's really when you look at how many people um, we're able to reach today versus even just a few years ago, a big part of that is because of our partnerships uh, with larger NGOs, with governments, and with the private sector. And thinking about uh, bringing people and raising people out of poverty, is there one example that sticks in your mind about you know, someone who actually achieved this um, that made a huge difference in the way they, they live and, and um, you know, raise their family? Yeah, so um, one of the people that I always think about is a woman I met when I went up to the Northern Uganda refugee camp, the Bidi Bidi refugee camp. Um, and what most people don't know is that um, the Northern Uganda refugee camp is uh, the largest in the world. Um, and many of the refugees came from South Sudan. Um, and uh, the woman I met, her name is Salome. Um, and she told me about when war broke out, um, she had to flee without her husband um, and her seven children. And they had to walk for several months. Um, they didn't know where their next meal was gonna come. They, they didn't know if they would be able to find water. Um, and you know, frankly, as a mother myself, I just can't imagine. Um, and one of her children passed away um, and she still doesn't know if her, her husband is even alive. Um, she arrived in the refugee camp uh, in Northern Uganda and uh, what they gave her was a jerry can for water, a bag of rice and a jar of oil and um, basically told her and her family to go stay in a tent and that was sort of gonna be her life for, for the next several years. Um, but when Village Enterprise came to the refugee settlement, um, we provided her an opportunity to just transform her life and her children's life. Um, even in the refugee context, um, Village Enterprise can help people start businesses. We equip them with all of these skills and knowledge. We organize them into these savings groups of 30 individuals. Um, and it is that ability to sort of take control of your life um, that really is transformative. Um, so, um, you know, she explained to me that she got into business with two other people. They started a butchery business. Um, in the camps, there was no meat. And so they saw this opportunity to start a butchery business and provide meat in the camps. Um, and when I asked her what was the most important thing about the program, she said, like many refugees, they want to go home someday. They don't want to be refugees forever. And she said, I won't be able to take this business with me, but I'll be able to take the knowledge and the skills and the new way of looking at things that I have back home with me and I'll start a new business. She said before she started our program, she had been... Um, a housewife. She had been taking care of her children. Her husband had been supporting her. And she said, now I have the confidence to do it myself. And um, it wasn't just the fact that she was now successful generating income and that she was providing in that particular moment for her family, but that she saw a brighter future 
for her children and for herself well into the future, not just right in that moment. And I think that is really what's transformative about our program is it gives people that brighter future, that, that, that way of looking at the future that's very different from the way they had previously. It's uh, impactful, Diane, to say the least. And uh, you know, I just love hearing stories like that. Um, and, and certainly I can see how your impact can be contributing uh, to a lot of growth just from stories like that. I mean, people want to support the work that you guys are doing. Um, but from experiences like that and the experience you've had also growing this company, Diane, and let's bring this home. What is your definition of a real leader? Well, I believe that real leadership is mostly about vision and values and that a real leader inspires others to envision and work towards a mission that's adding value to the world and making it a better place. And I believe that real leaders lead with values like humility and courage and integrity um, and that they persevere and are like tireless in the pursuit of their mission. Um, one of the leaders that inspires me the most is Nelson Mandela, um, who was a South African leader uh, who led South Africa out of apartheid. And Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. Uh, and when he was released, he was able to convince the South African people to forgive those that had imprisoned him and work together with them to end apartheid. And I think it was his vision, his values of forgiveness and willingness to collaborate and work with those that had actually even imprisoned him that was, um, but that drove his success in achieving that vision that you know, 30 years ago when he went into prison, I'm sure he wasn't sure he would be able to achieve, um, but he really, he really inspires me. For Dan Calvi, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, inspire others, and always keep it real. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, Real Leaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realtors.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.